From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 103. Today's show is brought to you by Mac Weldon, Hover, and Braintree. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, Federico. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's uh, it's fun to be back in Rome, uh, always. I feel like I've been moving around the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm recording in my in my room, as usual. Feels good. Yeah. Yep. So is your setup nice? You feeling comfortable today? I'm very comfortable, Mike. Good. And Stephen Hackett, are you comfortable? Are you feeling comfortable? I'm fine. He's <laughs> just I, fine. I am where I always am. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. So we have some follow-up. Actually, yeah. we have mostly just follow-up this week, it seems yep. like. Uh, Mike went a little crazy, which we'll, we'll get to. Um, but first, we wanted to point people to a event page over on Facebook. Mike and Jason Snell are coming to Memphis next week. And we're going to do a thing next Tuesday night. So if you are in the area uh, or want to get on a plane, I guess, and come into the area, uh, you can come hang out. We're going to have some drinks and hang out with people. So there'll be a link in the show notes. I think y'all spoke about an upgrade as well. So mm-hmm. come say hi if you're if you're around. Memphis. Woo-hoo. Because it is going to be our two-year anniversary next week for Relay FM. That's why we're getting together. Big week. Huge week. We have some smart keyboard follow-up. I got sent this a lot (laughs) last week. Basically, right after we finished recording, as these things happen, uh, Apple released some smart keyboards with new layouts. Mm -hmm. And so there are a couple different ones. There's an Arabic one. There's one for whatever it is that Mike speaks um, and I just want to kind of explain to listeners the your journey with this because your initial points in the follow up say they cost 140 pounds each. Stickers mean I don't want to sell the old ones. The next bullet point, I got one. So what what happened? Well, okay, so I am a little bit upset because they're so expensive. Uh, these the things it's like 129 pounds for the 9.7 and 139 pounds for the 12.9. Which just for any type of keyboard is incredibly expensive, uh, and it's, these are very expensive. And I know I have two. That's my own problem, right? Because I have two iPads. But I really wished that I that this didn't happen. But like I didn't need to buy these. But also I want the keyboard that I'm used to. At the same time, this is the problem that I've been having. I can't sell mine on because they're covered in stickers, which also makes me not want to sell them on. And then mm-hmm. the other part of me was like, I have desired these and been asking for these so much and so often i had to buy one (laughs) when they came out it's like i couldn't not buy one because i've been talking about it so much i think everybody expected me to buy one hence why i received so many uh people tweeting and sending me this link so i got one for the 12.9 inch ipad which arrived today um it's fine uh, it's nice to have the layout that feels more normal to me. It has the keys that I'm expecting in the places that I'm expecting them to be. Um, I'm hitting the return key more accurately because there's not random keys there that in my mind shouldn't be there. Um, I get to see the pound symbol, the sterling symbol on my keyboard again, which is great. Um, even though, funnily enough, I need the dollar sign way more. Uh, but I do get <laughs> that as well. It's, it's still there. It is still there, which is good because that's how it should be. But I wasn't seeing the pound symbol. I just had the the hash symbol which is also on that key as well, which is kind of interesting. Uh, so I get all of that there. I'm I'm just happy to have it. The keys feel stiffer. 
Uh, but I th- expect that's because it's new. Yeah, I would think so. They'd probably break in a little bit. Yeah, and I'm starting over with stickers. I've already got a few stickers on there because obviously, naturally, I have a store for these moments. You know, like a not a physical, not like a store to sell, but like a storage of stickers. Do you have like like a backup set of stickers for like emergencies? Like you buy a new object and suddenly yeah. you're craving stickers, so you're like, oh my god, I need to put stickers on this. Well, I mean, so. I don't have them for emergencies, but I do have them for when the new devices arrive. There is no such thing as a sticker emergency. No, there no, is. you think so, you think so, but then you are in a situation where you need to buy an object unexpectedly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and like it's this. not covered in stickers. Or maybe your keyboard breaks and suddenly yep. you need to buy a new keyboard and, oh my God, there's no stickers on the keyboard. So what do you do? You keep a backup set of stickers. Yeah. That's, that's what exactly I do. If, if I were Mike, that's I what I do. I have backups. I have, because well, well, a lot of the stickers that I have or that I love, I always buy more than I need of. And I have stickers that I've never used that are just singles, but they come in my, my sticker subscription or whatever. So I've got a few on there. I, I'd like to try and not fill it up too quickly. And I stagger it out a little bit. Um, I need to get some of the Steven stickers from my suitcase so I can put a Steven sticker mm. uh, on there instead of my suitcase from the last trip. So. Yeah, they're gonna. I'm. I'm already putting some stickers on. It's great. I'm happy to have it. Um, I now just have this US one that I don't really want to do anything with. So I have a backup oh. keyboard in case I ever break my smart keyboard. I don't know how I would do that. It feels kind they're of indestructible. Tough. But maybe when you go to America, if you want to blend in with the locals a little yeah. more, you can use a smart keyboard with the American layout. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. So so I can speak American. Yes. Uh, everybody's gonna be looking at the return key. Uh, with the US layout. They're going to know, oh, yeah, that, that guy's an American. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, you also have been spending time with the Logitech Create for the 9.7-inch iPad. Also arrived today. Um, I got the blue one. I've got it in my hand right here. You can hear it. There it is. Um, I had to, uh, you know, I've mentioned this in the past that I put a pen loop uh, on my iPad. I have a, I'll put a link in the show notes to a blog post on michaelswright.com where I detail some of the weird little hacks that I have for my iPad and my Apple Pencil, and it has links to the Leuchtturm pen loop that I stick on, on my iPad so I can have a storage for my uh, Apple Pencil wherever I want it to be. Uh, I had to remove this today because the case wouldn't go on, um, so the tolerances are pretty tight on this thing. Uh, so the way that I look at this right now is that this would either be on or off. It's so with, with that pen loop, I either have to keep it on the iPad, right? Which means I can't have the case Mm -hmm. or vice versa. So it's going to be one or the other with this. Am I making sense? Like the pen loop, I always have to have something that attaches the pencil to my iPad. So it's either going to be attached to this case because it has a pen loop inside the case, or I need to have the sticker pen loop. I can't have both. I have to have one or the other. Or you just buy like 600 pencil loops and use a new one every time you take the case off. I thought about it, <laughs> uh, but figured that that's crazy. So I have to make a, t- a decision as to which I'm going to do. And right now, I don't have that decision, but I want to tell you about this product a little bit more. Uh, okay. I mentioned the tolerances are good. It's because it can be a bit tricky to get this thing in. but So it feels like it's secure, right? So you're like shoving it in there and it kind of locks in somehow. Um, it's not as hard to take on and off as the previous one was. Uh, and sometimes the iPad has fell out of the case, uh, which is less than desirable. So like I'm taking the case and maybe wrapping it around the back and then the iPad slides out. 
not good, not good. But it doesn't happen all the time. And like right now, I'm like shaking the thing and it ain't coming out. So I don't know what it is that uh, that, that makes it pop out of there. But sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, this is truly a case. It is more case than keyboard. It covers the entire iPad, covers the whole back, covers the whole front. Um, it kind of has a magnet in it to keep it closed. It's not a very strong magnet, but it is there. Um, therefore, all the stickers I have on the back of my iPad are covered. But I also do have a back and front of this case, which I could cover in stickers if I want to. It's an important thing to me. It shouldn't be important to you. It doesn't have to be, but it is to me. And I have put one sticker. I put the mic sticker on this, and uh, and, and it works. It's fine. Um, it's stuck on there pretty fine because it has this kind of like weird texture, like a texture. Um, it's not smooth. It's got like a bubble texture to it, and it's, you know, stickers are a fixing. The problem with this thing, having this case on all the time, is it is very bulky, and heavy. The mm. case itself, the keyboard case, weighs 1.5 pounds. Uh, my iPad Pro is... What, what's that uh, in, a, in a real measurement? Oh, Please. Stephen, can you do that for me, please? Yeah, uh, keep it, talking. It weighs 1.5 pounds. The iPad <laughs> is 0.98 pounds. So together, this whole thing is 2.56 pounds. Uh, 1.5 pounds is 680 grams, I assume you put in there, Stephen? Yes. Then the iPad at 0.98 pounds is 444 grams. Okay. So the whole thing together is 2.56 pounds. So it is what? Uh, 1,100 grams and change. Great. Mm, mm, Okay. That's not light at all. So just to put this in perspective, (laughs) so this thing weighs 2.56 pounds. The MacBook Adorable, MacBook One, however you call it, weighs 2.03 pounds. This is heavier than a MacBook. (laughs) which is an issue here uh my concern is the case and keyboard is harming the portability of this ipad now and if i harm the portability of the 9.7 i'm harming the main reason i want and use the 9.7 right i have the 12.9 because it's this behemoth but it's heavier right but it's got like but it's like a powerhouse i can have all this great space but then when i want something light and portable the 9.7 is what I use. Now the 9.7 isn't light and portable. Mm. The other part of this, yes, you could take the case off uh, and use it and hold it around. But then I have this like case, just like, what does this case do? It just like floats around like it's on the table, like it's not where I need it to be. But the one of the issues with this is because of the heaviness and the thickness of this thing and the fact that it doesn't really have any way of folding back around on itself in a comfortable way, without me like having my hand touching the keys as I'm trying to hold the iPad to read. All of these things mean that this makes the device not very comfortable to read on anymore. Mm-hmm. There's kind of no real great uh, portrait way to hold this thing, which is also unfortunate. But this is a keyboard. Primarily, it's what it's for. And the keys are fantastic. They have good travel to them. It feels way more like a laptop keyboard. Um, because that's kind of what it's intended to be. It's significantly nicer feeling than the smart covers keys. Um, it fit, or smart keyboards keys. I did it again, right? What is it? Smart keyboard? Yes, you did. Smart it's keyboard, keyboard mic. It feels a lot nicer. Let me see if I can give you a sound of the keys. That's Apple, right? No, that's the, the Logitech one. What, what? Do you have a smart keyboard there? Oh, hang on a second. Um... You think so? Oh, yeah, I do. Where is it going? I had to go get one. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is an Apple one. All right. 
right? And then yes. again, for comparison's sake, here is, here is the Logitech. All right. right. Yeah. It feels way more like a MacBook keyboard. Yes. You know, it's way more towards that end uh, than, than towards what the smart keyboard is all about. Um, the backlighting is awesome. It is really nice to have a backlit keyboard. Makes you feel like a real computer. (laughs) Do you know what, though? It's it's funny. That's true. It does make it feel like a real computer, which, you know, it's nice. Nice Yeah, you know, whenever I decide to to type or to edit at night and I don't have a backlit keyboard, it's like I'm trying to conjure up systems to have more light onto my Mm -hmm. iPad. So, like, I, I keep a light on my desk. It just feels primitive, you know? Or it's um, like, at what angle do you need to hold this thing so you get some light coming back? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's not, not ideal. I mean, I guess the like the whole thing is that, joking aside, you've basically turned your iPad into a laptop. And that yeah. sort of defeats the purpose of an iPad. Well, no, but mine has been, though. The, the, the constant keyboard attachment, no matter what it is, turns it closer towards laptop well, than what's about Well, but the smart keyboard, you can just like pull it off and, th- and get rid of it. Or you can fold it back and it folds back in a way that you're not touching the keys. I mean, this thing is more of a clamshell than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's closer to the laptop than the smart cover is, for sure. Uh, I like that there's a dedicated media and function row of keys at the top. That's, yeah, that's nice. a nice thing to have. Uh, here's one of the really weird things. Again, lots of springboard crashes. I'm sure that's fine. Uh, mostly when connecting and disconnecting the keyboard from the smart connector. Like to the mm. point where I know it's going to happen when I do it. Springboard just crashes. I'm assuming this is an iOS 10 thing. I'm assuming it's maybe also related to the power that's being drawn from the smart connector. I have no idea what is happening here, uh, but there is it's happening. But it doesn't cause too much of an issue. Springboard crashes are fine, I guess. I mean, maybe you should restore your phone. Mm-hmm. 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 You've had to do that a lot recently, haven't you? Yeah, it's not a topic today. Have you tried uh, using a Mac <laughs> instead? Yeah. Why don't you? Why don't you use a real computer? That's a good idea. I should. You use know, a real you computer. know, some people think that uh, that we use iPads just because we like the challenge of it. So maybe you should just <laughs> uh, you should just come forward and admit that you just like to this challenge to 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 like it's a game you, you're not actually getting any work done really i hate the challenge and want it to be more like a mac you know there i'm you trying go. to force myself back uh, to the it's mac, just yeah. the first step is admitting that you have a problem so thank <laughs> you mike so i guess i guess the overall question is is the typing experience worth the bulk and i guess you're not ready to answer that just I after don't, a day but i don't know yet i don't know yet i know that i have enjoyed typing on my ipad 9.7 more than usual Mm-hmm. Like I really enjoyed it, but the thing is, overall, like this makes the iPad Pro a better laptop when I want it to be a laptop, but a worse iPad when I want it to be an iPad. Mm. And I don't know which of these I want it to be more. Like what I do know is, when I'm at home, when I'm using any of my iPads, they are always like about seventy percent of the time they are in landscape orientation in a keyboard. Right, I was doing this with a smart keyboard, and now I'm doing it with this thing. And this is more comfortable to use on my lap. It's it's better because it's more sturdy. Like it is way better for that stuff. But even with the smart keyboard, it, my iPad Pros are both still a little bit too bulky and heavy. This thing is like a whole other world. It's it feels so heavy because it's a laptop weight. Like it's crazy how heavy this thing is now. So I'm not sure 
what I'm going to do. But all I do know is I now have another keyboard here. If I get rid of this, which if I do, I will probably return it. So I'm holding off from sticking any more stickers on it right now. Just the one that I know I can get off easily. Uh, If I do return this, then I will then end up buying a 9.7 inch smart keyboard because I can't have, it'd be crazy to have, for me anyway, I feel, to have different keyboard layouts for my two iPads. It just doesn't, it just seems madness. I think that would break your brain after a while. Then I'm going to... Uh, it's so much money on keyboards, but yeah. I guess I use them a lot. I mean, who would spend money on hardware? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about Gboard while we're in this keyboard fantasy <laughs> land? I do. Uh, just because... A little bit of follow-up for Gboard. Gboard was updated to add multiple language support. I'm still a big fan of Gboard. Use it every day. They added a dark theme but also the ability to create your own keyboard themes using images. Oh, why, why would you ever do that? I don't know. You click the link that I've given to you. It'll be in our show notes. And you can tell me what you think. Yeah, but you can see... I mean, this is it's very nice, but you can see how this can be taken to the extreme. I mean, do you want to do you wanna really type on your on your baby's face? Some people... Okay, I don't think anybody should do that. Some people will do that. <laughs> Why? I have there... created a keyboard out of a version of the remaster artwork, and uh, I like it. I mean, it's nice yeah. looking, but it does seem distracting to Federica's point. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be surprised how quickly you don't see it, though. I mean, it doesn't really surprise me coming from the person with 50 stickers on his iPad. Yeah, it's more customization for me, right? Which I love <laughs> yeah. to do. And I know that this is... I know what people think when they see this i know that they're just like seriously just go to android now like you're too far <laughs> you have gone too far would well, you know what i say to you i say i will not i'm staying with ios and i love gboard and i love the fact that i can create my own custom keyboard layout yeah but i, I want to comment on the multiple languages uh, because i feel like google is missing real opportunity and it's surprising to me that they're not doing multilingual typing with simultaneous languages like Apple is doing, like like uh, Microsoft is doing with uh, SwiftKey. You have to switch between layouts. So you want to type in English, you type in English. Then you want to type in Italian. Yeah. You you tap on the uh, globe icon in Gboard and you switch to Italian. So you cannot do multiple languages at a time like you, you will be able to in iOS 10 or like you already can in uh, SwiftKey, which is a surprise coming from Google because I, I just assumed it would be the company, you know, with the resources and with the knowledge to be able to understand when someone is typing in English and Italian, change the keyboard uh, dynamically between multiple languages. But it doesn't seem like they're, they're going to do that, uh, you know, in, the, in this version. And it's a bit of a disappointment, honestly. Yep. My hope is that it's coming, right? Like this is step one of that is like implementing the languages and then they do the language, uh, like multilingual language stuff, like what, how Apple did it, right? Like they've had the predictive stuff for a while and then they ended up moving further into it with what they've got now. And I'm hoping that they do that because it would be, it, it is a no-brainer. Like if you're going to have people switch between keyboards, like you put that as an option to switch between languages, then you should be letting people type with multiple languages on the same keyboard. It's like an obvious next step for that. Yeah. So I'd be very, very surprised if they didn't do that. Very surprised. Hmm. And the chat room does point out that that's only really possible within a certain language set that you know, shares characters. Of course. But there needs to be of the same alphabets type, yeah, right? But but Italian and English is, which is what we're talking about, right? Except for all the pasta emoji that he has that you don't. That's true. That's very true. Uh, we should have more pasta types. Um uh, 
in the emoji keyboard app, make sure to submit a proposal with uh, via Jeremy. Yeah, he'll do that for you. He'll do yeah, that for I'm you. sure. I'm sure. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Braintree Code for easy mobile payments. Maybe you're hard at work on the next Uber, Airbnb, or GitHub. Then why not use the same simple payment solution that helped these companies become what they are today? Braintree makes mobile payments fast easy and seamless. So fast, easy and seamless. In fact, it's almost like magic. You can add it to your app with just a few lines of code and you'll be ready to instantly accept Apple Pay, Android Pay, PayPal, Venmo, credit cards, even Bitcoin. And if some other way to pay comes along, Braintree will support that too. Braintree's fast payouts and continuous support means that you'll be ready whether you're earning your first dollar or your billionth. See fewer abandoned carts and more sales with Braintree's best-in-class mobile checkout experience. To check it out for yourself, go to braintreepayments.com slash connected. Once again, that is braintreepayments.com slash connected. Thank you so much to Braintree for their support of this show and Really FM. So we are trying Dropbox Paper this week. Why? Is, uh, because I said so. Okay. And I get an equal vote with the two of you. Uh-huh. Three votes. But like, what is the reason in which, right? Like to follow up from last week. So yes, I see what you're saying now. Mm-hmm. We spoke about Quip being acquired by Salesforce. It's unknown what Quip's future holds. We put forth our theories. But we thought it'd be an interesting time, an interesting time to look at other services and last week dropbox paper entered uh, like a public beta it's kind of what they're calling it uh, it's on the web and it's on ios and it's uh, if you've used google docs or if you've quip uh, currently dogs paper is like an even stripped down version from that it's really simple it does really basic formatting there's some things that are missing that mike has written a lot about we're going to talk about in a second but it's it's pretty straightforward, and it seems to work pretty well. All three of us have been in and out of this document. We're all three in there now, and the real time stuff seems to seems to work. I don't think we've had any any accidental overriding of other people's lines or anything like that. Um, there's a nice uh, indication of who wrote what line. So out to the side of this line, like my initials are in purple, and the next one, Mike's are in red, and then Federico's are in green. So you can kind of see who put what in. I think that's nice. Uh, that's something that I think is unique to Dropbox Paper. I haven't seen yeah. that anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think the other kind of nice thing before we get into some some nitpicky stuff is that it copies a bulleted list from Notes.app correctly, which yeah. is not oh. true for a lot of things. Even even on iOS. Yeah, because uh, it, it's it's simple, really, but it, it looks better. It looks nicer than what's actually happening because. Dropbox Paper is Markdown, right? It accepts Markdown. It's rich text and Markdown. So when you copy on iOS, uh-huh, it's yeah, pasting okay. Markdown to your clipboard. Mm. So then when you paste it into uh, to Paper, immediately it just recognizes it and formats it. So it just works really nicely. The reason this is so happy to me is no other of these document collaboration tools use Markdown natively. Like just like flat out on the bottom markdown, which Dropbox Paper does. So I love it for that because when I'm taking my notes in my notes app, which I do all the time, I just copy them and paste them and I don't need to do any reformatting, which for every other system we have ever used, reformatting has always been needed. So for me, like just that alone 
gives this such a big tick from me. <laughs> like, it, it, because also, you know, this is a first class app in that way. Like, it's a split screen and all that kind of stuff on the iPad. Like, it's great. It works. It's fantastic. Uh, I wish Dropbox would implement that in their main app. Uh, but it's yeah. great that that we have paper working like this. I'm happy, right? Yeah. It, it, all the basics are there. Uh, this is a beta, I know, but I do have some uh, interesting things that I have noticed and some complaints. Have you have you have you filed the radar before we go on? Uh, can you file radars with Dropbox? I don't know. <laughs> um, so consider this my radar. I'm okay. providing an audio radar. What did they call radars at Dropbox? Hmm. No one knows. Yeah, we, yeah, we gotta, we gotta ask a few people. Uh, crates or like Cr- crates? Um, Have yeah. you filed a crate, Mike? Not yet. Not yet. I'm gonna <laughs> do it. Though. I'm gonna do it. So here's something I find really strange. This is not a problem. It's just a strange thing. It doesn't use system emoji. It reformats them into the open source emoji one set of emoji, which is a very odd choice. I don't know why it's doing this. Um, Lots of other companies have made their own emoji, Twitter and Facebook, for example, so they have them on the web and it's everywhere. But when you type emoji in on iOS platforms or on the Mac, it's you're inputting the iOS one and it just reformats it out to emoji one. Um, if it's a compatibility thing, which they might be doing here, I don't know why they don't just default to emoji one when the platform doesn't support. Like, you know the iOS app is going to support iOS emoji. Why are you doing the work to reformat? Also, in a document collaboration system, I don't know if it is as necessary um, to do this as it might be on a web service like Twitter. Like, I don't, I just can't work out why they're doing it, and it's just a strange choice to me. Um, plus, they're using an older version of Emoji One, so they're not got all the great new emoji stuff. So, I don't know why you do it. I don't know why you don't just have the emoji, the standard emoji, put in. Doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. <laughs> I'm just okay. puzzled by it, right? Because at okay. first, at first, <laughs> I thought they created their own emoji set, and weird. Um, I hate when the iOS app that you have to tap an edit button on iOS before you can start typing. So you open the app and you tap yeah. on the text, mm-hmm. and nothing happens. You have to hit an edit button. Um, there are many other applications that don't just let you start typing immediately. But most of the ones that I've tried, like Google Docs, you just double tap on the text and you can start writing. Mm-hmm. There is another way that you can do it of Dropbox Paper, I found, but it's even more clunky. If you highlight a word to copy it, um, the pop-up says copy, edit, comment, and then you can click edit and start editing there, which is a very strange choice. Uh, I don't know. This doesn't really seem like a good way to go from view mode to edit mode. I would like to just be able to tap on the text anywhere and it let me do that. That would be great. Or double tap even, which is great. Um, Another complaint I have on the iOS side, it's just a list of documents on iOS. Like there's no way to organize them into anything. You can't, I can't delete notes. Like all of the demo notes, they're just there. There's nothing I can do about them. I can Mm -hmm. delete our note, but I can't delete Dropbox's notes. Again, all of this stuff might be better on the web app or whatever, but it's not like this on iOS, which is where I use it. Um, also, where are these being saved? I was expecting, I was looking for this, I was expecting like a folder or something that would have these in, but there's nothing. Have either of you found anything? Uh, no, I think it's just, it's like a meta structure of your Dropbox. Like, it's not a file. It lives in your Dropbox account. It uses your account to authenticate you, but it's not like a file. 
It's not like... Uh, but it seems weird to me, considering what Dropbox is, that that wasn't the case. Exactly. And th- that's my... That's like my, my only... Uh, hot take on this is that I I don't I can't understand how it fits into what Dropbox is like. I'm storing files and photos and documents in Dropbox, and this is super nice. Don't don't get me wrong; it's very nice. It's very clean. It does a bunch of things like uh, code snippets, uh, link embeds, whatever. Uh, but how does it like? It feels like a fundamentally different product than what Dropbox is. Like if this were a different company called <laughs> Quip, for instance, I, I wouldn't confuse it with Dropbox. And now I'm wondering, so how are you... If it just feels like a different proposition than what the main pay, paid service is. And it's like, okay, I mean, now you're also doing collaboration. It's fine. Looks very nice. But how does it tie into the main product, into you know what people actually use Dropbox for. So I think that this is primarily created for Dropbox for business and they're just giving it to personal customers as well. It feels like another thing in the in the business suite. But then why is it not integrated with the with the other Dropbox functionalities? Like dunno. Uh, it's I don't see a way to import files into into a document. I don't mm-hmm. see a way to save a document into my into my Dropbox directory. I don't see integrations with the with the Dropbox app on iOS. It's very beta. I, I wouldn't even call it a beta. I would say it's a public alpha at this point. I think part of that conversation is like you guys started here, then you sort of wandered away from it. But where the files are actually stored, like you don't get a folder of Markdown or text documents in your Dropbox folder. Um, and I have a theory about that: that if you if they were to treat these documents as if they were files in your Dropbox, you could actually sync. You know, I could sync this connected show topics as Markdown to my Mac. Then I could open it in Byword or you know whatever Markdown editor I want to use. Then they've got to deal with not only real time collaboration on the web or in the app, but also syncing via the Dropbox client. Mm. Yeah, it would kind of blow up, wouldn't it? Well, and and that can only happen because it's reliant on the file system when you hit the save button or your app auto saves it. And so I agree with you guys that it's weird that this is sort of like siphoned off from Dropbox in the sense of like business. Like I don't really understand how it fits into their business, but it's also siphoned away from Dropbox as the product. But I think they had to do that to make the collaboration stuff stuff work that, you know, if you if you are reliant on the local file system um, to save, you know, every so often, then it's going to fall out of sync. It's not to say they couldn't build a Mac app. I mean, they could build a Mac app that's a wrapper of this of this web application. You know, that's all Quip is. It's all Slack is. It's That's a common thing with Mac apps now, where it's basically just a, a very thin wrapper around a web service. Uh, I agree with someone in the chat room saying it'd be nice to have this as a Mac app. Uh, I would like it too, just so I'm not stuck in a tab in Chrome Same. that I can close or move around. It'd be like nice. A, in that regard, right, because we'll get a million people, I know I can have it as like a a tab of its own window. I know I can use those things where you turn tabs Fluid. into apps, right? Fluid. No yeah. one wants to do that. I just don't want to do that. I just want there to be a an app like Slack yeah. or like Quip. Like, I just want that. Um, I did just want to throw something out there to go back on what you were saying, Stephen, about like how sure. does this tie into business, right? They What happened? I mean, I'm still hurt about this. Email. They were doing an email thing. Yeah. Should have tied were. into business. How does this work where Mailbox didn't i mean i mean my my guess is that um this is something that two things mailbox came from the outside right didn't they they bought mailbox is that true yes. or did they yeah, develop they did. it yeah so you know maybe there was just integration issues with teams I mean, who knows 
Um, but I had also heard, I think as, as well as some other people did that that was a very expensive project, not even as far as, um, like hours of, you know, engineering time, but just keeping it up and running. Cause you're, they're doing all this stuff with, with email servers and a whole bunch of junk. And I would, I would guess that something like this is probably computationally expensive as well, but it's having been built from Dropbox internally, I think it makes a big difference. And um, if you use this thing, it has a lot of a lot of similarities to the the web commenting features that the Dropbox has as well. Where you can actually open uh, a link in a browser and comment directly on it within Dropbox. And so it feels like some of these pieces may have been floating around already. And you know, I hope that Mailbox isn't uh, a sign that you know paper, if it doesn't do well, would go away. I I, I like this product. I, I hope they keep working on it. But I don't know if comparing them directly is is super fair. But it, it is a good point, right? That they they have historically tried things that are outside of their main product, and those things haven't been successful. And so this is uh, another example of that. And hopefully they can they can break the mold a little bit. But um, but so far as for something you know that's very early, um, even though the iOS app does have some some issues, and it's weird that you can't delete the <laughs> example documents and. You can move things into folders only on the web and not iOS. Like there, there's some there's work to be done here, but I think the seed of what they have is is pretty good at this point. I just worry that it's a, a good looking distraction from the main Dropbox service, and that eventually, you know, a couple of years time, this goes on without any major updates, and you know, it's discontinued, and we're all going back to Google Docs. Maybe they'll finally have split screen by then, though. Maybe get up. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, again, it's very nice. Looks very clean, and there are some really nice touches. For example, I, a personal favorite of mine is how he shows you the word count for a document, and in addition to words and characters, it also tells you how many emojis have you used. Uh, and by the way, it uses emojis with uh, as a plural version. Uh, so I'm not sure on that copy. There, but I uh, actually think emojis is the correct pluralization. Oh yeah, it is. Okay. I saw this somewhere else recently. Uh, I think the pluralization is emojis. Okay, so it tells you that uh, the design is fine, and um, I just worry again that uh, Dropbox has a history for doing these kinds of things. You know, like Carousel and Mailbox, now Paper. And it's usually like, I, I get it, like how internally it's nice to be able to work on something else on the side. And eventually you realize, hey, why, why don't we give this to people as well? But then, you know, engineers go back to the main product, designers go back to the main product, and this is left, you know, uh, without updates, just uh, as it is in the first version. And uh, we're all wondering, hey, what's going on with paper? So we'll see. I, I, I want to be optimistic. It's just, you know, they don't have a track record for being able to do services on the side. From That's the Emojipedia FAQ, uh, in Japanese, the plural version of emoji is emoji, but in written English, emoji or emojis is considered an acceptable pluralization of the word emoji. And Emojipedia uses emojis as standard. Yeah, but usually accepted doesn't mean, you know, it means that it's okay if you use it, but we really prefer if you didn't. Well, if Emojipedia uses emojis, I think we're all good. Emojis? Okay. Yeah, Emojipedia uses emojis. They're both, good enough they're both for Jeremy. accepted. All right. Thank you, Mike. 
So just one uh, last little complaint from me uh, because it's just kind of weird. There are just a few things in this app that are just weird. Uh, external keyboards on the iPad, it does some strange stuff. It does, it has a formatting bug that I've seen in a bunch of places. Like, you know where you have um, an overlay, a keyboard overlay? You know, you have like a something will come up over the keyboard which will be some formatting options or something. Apple Notes does this as well. When you have an external keyboard uh, on the iPad with this, uh, it only... It does. This doesn't work. Basically, you see like a tiny sliver of the UI, and you can't actually do anything with it. It doesn't come up across the screen. Um, Shift Tab does not outdent, but there are a lot of apps that don't do this. But the weirdest one for me, and I cannot even understand why this is the case, on the software keyboard, if you type an asterisk and then a space, it creates a bulleted list. Mm. If you do this with the hardware keyboards, it doesn't, and I, I can't work out why. If you type in asterisk in a space, it just formats as an asterisk in a space. Hmm. Like I just see, like it's like how, that, how is that I guess happening? something, something weird going on with the text input from an external keyboard. Uh, must be some kind of bug with uh, what's it called an iOS UI text input? The API. I guess. I, think. I guess it was just real. Like, what are yeah, you doing? It's, uh, it's an amusing bug, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's something to do with. Um, Auto capitalization with external keyboards. I know that I've I've run into some odd issues with Scrivener when using the external keyboard and you know the auto capitalization settings. So yeah, there's some weird stuff in general going on still with iOS when you use a keyboard, and it doesn't. I mean, it's amusing, it's fun bug to come across, but it doesn't really surprise me uh, because there's a even if you look outside of paper, there's still a few inconsistencies with uh, with external keyboard typing uh, in iOS. Oh 10. yeah, there's there's problems everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got to say my feeling on this is it, it is more than good enough in its current state. Like there is some weirdness to it. There's some things that they should clean up. The fact that this is a beta is a good thing, right? That it's at this stage, but it's in a beta. Um, I'm happy to keep using it. I'm happy to see where it goes. And genuinely, I hope that Dropbox put the engineering efforts into this product to, that will keep it running, keep it going um, as something that this would need. Um Clearly, there is a need for this inside of business because Salesforce just purchased Quip for a lot of money, right? So companies see, for whatever reason, that this stuff is good in business. I don't know why, but like that is enough of a reason. Like I wonder if Dropbox pushed this out there because Quip, because this has been around for a little while, like, and it was kind of maybe just a beautiful coincidence, but uh, it seems like there's a reason that this stuff exists. Dropbox continues to want to push into the commercial and the business routes, so... Maybe this is part of that, and we're just seeing the fruits of those labors. But I hope that they continue to keep working on it. Yeah, we'll see. This episode is also brought to you by Mac Weldon. Quite frankly, Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. And when I talk about what you're wearing, I'm talking about underwear, comfortable clothes, undershirts. Um, maybe you want some nice tracksuit or jogging bottoms or sweatpants, depending on how you would say them. Maybe you want a really good comfortable, great-looking hoodie. Whatever you're looking for in this range, Mac Weldon have got you covered. Stephen, I know that you have uh, some Mac Weldon goods. Would you like to talk about your shopping experience and your feeling about the clothing? I would. So I am one to buy cheap... I'll, I'll talk about undershirts. Buy cheap undershirts. You know, you burn through them. They're garbage. The wife cuts them up and turns them into... Cleaning cloths and uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. Is this the it's, normal thing? It's, it's the life cycle of my undershirts right, up until right, this right. point. 
because uh, I bought a bunch of uh, Mack Weldon undershirts, and I'm wearing one today actually under a polo shirt, and it's great. Um, it's really, I mean, the, the the quality between the undershirts I've been buying from a big box retailer and uh, this new shirt is just, it's unbelievable. It's so nicely, it has a nice, um, I don't know what the word is, but uh, basically the way it's put together is real comfortable, so you can move your arms around it. Does it get bunchy? It's just really, it's a great undershirt, and it's one that I you know, if I go back to one of my other ones, I'm sad, and that's that's no good for anyone. No one wants to be sad about their undershirts, Mike. <laughs> I can imagine. Undershirts seems like a, a an American thing. I've never worn an undershirt. I never see undershirts for sale here. Heavy. I'm yeah, an undershirt kind of guy. I know that Don Draper had them in his drawer a lot, and he used to that's wear right. undershirts. That's right. I know yeah. that from Mad Men. Me and uh, Don. And you and Don, they're cut from the same cloth, and that cloth is comfortable cloth from Mac Weldon. <laughs> Mac Weldon also have silver underwear uh, and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. They uh, they eliminate odor, which is a good thing, I guess. Uh, see some cool science stuff over at Mac Weldon. They Mac Weldon want you to be comfortable. That's what they care about. So if you don't like your first pair or whatever it is you buy from Mac Weldon, whether it's some silver underpants or you buy an undershirt like Steven. If you don't like it, they'll refund you. But you can also keep it as well. No questions asked. They don't want your dirty undershirts back. You keep them. They're for you. Not only do Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. They will be good for you whether you're working out, going out, sitting at home. It doesn't matter. For everyday life, they're there. They're with you. And your partner probably won't cut them up when you're done with them. Listeners of this show can get 20% off at MacWeldon.com with the code CONNECTED. Thank you so much to Mac Weldon for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, what's next in our lengthy follow-up mini-topic episode? Can you explain why you have, like, yet another old computer? So when you ask it like that, it hurts my feelings, Michael. But it's true, though. Do you have feelings? Wow. No, just wondering. You seem a very... I do have feelings. Okay. I just don't like to show them on the internet very much. Exactly. See? See? That's why I asked. Okay. <laughs> so there's... In 1993... How old were y'all in 1993? How old were you, Mike? Uh, eight? Five? How old were you? Yeah. Stephen <laughs> Steven was uh, 32 already. <laughs> I don't even know how old I was. I was seven. Seven. Come on, really? Seven? Yeah. 27, yep. you mean. <laughs> I just love this. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> Please explain what is going on with your so latest So in 1993, purchase. some people at Apple decided, you know, a television seems to be an area that's not going away. What if we put a television inside a Macintosh? And they did it. It's called the Macintosh TV. There's a link in the show notes to an iMore column. I wrote about it last year. Not a great computer. Not a great television. Uh, but together, it's sort of a magical um, sauce of despair. And I talked about it on Mac Power Users a couple weeks ago. This has been at the top of my list since buying the 20th anniversary Mac for my birthday. And now I've got one. A listener of MPU emailed me. They said they wow. had one. We worked out a deal. Um, and it's now sitting in my office. And it's, uh, like I say, I mean, go read the article. We won't go into it here too deeply, but... Basically, and the the TAM has this as well. It's got a TV, like a coax input on the back. It came with a with a remote. The Macintosh TV, the whole case was black plastic, so it looks unlike really any other Mac at the time. 
The problem is that this 32 megahertz computer didn't have the power to do computing and TV. So you basically had to switch modes. So it's not like what we're used to today with picture in picture where you are, you know, you're working and then you have, you know, a YouTube video or something going in the corner and you're kind of multitasking with those different media. This is one or the other. And it, they didn't sell very many of them. It didn't sell very well. It was expensive. It was like $2,100. Um, <laughs> Tidbits named it the second worst Mac of all time, which is pretty, pretty rough. Uh, they named that before the power book that the batteries would explode and catch fire. So mm. not okay. great. I mean, I mean I, at least it didn't explode, this one. So. It did not explode. Uh, there are about 10,000 of them or so made. I don't know how many exist today. Not that many. Um but it's kind of a weird computer, and one you know, Apple played with TV for a while. Like I said, the TAM has this. Although the 20th anniversary Mac, you can multitask. You can run Mac OS and have like a little window of TV. And they ad- they would eventually, it's so crazy, they would sell basically TV tuner cards you could put into your Power Mac or into your Performer or something if it had a card slot. So you could go and, and add this to your your Mac if you wanted to you know, later down the road. And I really think like, you know, we think now um, just how much something like the Apple TV has blurred the line between a computer and a television, right? That even if you're seeing your cable box, like you're not really watching straight TV. You're watching TV through a computer with all the benefits of a computer. And I, I do find that arc interesting that, you know, here we are, you know, 23 years later and um, computers and televisions are very much kind of this kind of the same thing. I think that's sort of a fun evolution to keep an eye on. Uh, what's next? Are you, are you done now? Are you finished buying old computers? Like, are you, are you done? I mean, what do you think the answer is? Probably not, right? But now you've Pro- gotten the the one that you were looking for. Apparently, is there there more? Well, there's always one more. I mean, there's always uh, there's always more. I'm not looking for anything in particular right now. Um, I would say that the spiritual successor to the iMac project is probably coming the end of the year, maybe. But um, what's that going to be? Well, if I told you, it would. Really is it going to be a computer or something else? It'd be a, a notebook. But yeah. Computer. Oh God, he's going to buy the iBooks. You're you're going to need to help me move the iMacs when you're here next week. By the I'm way, I'm not doing it. Oh, what's that to do with me? Why do I got to touch him? Hey, make sure make sure Mike doesn't put a sticker. Behind Ooh. your back. On a, oh, on no. Don't Ooh. sticker my computers. Yeah, just like secret <laughs> don't do stickers. Yeah. Don't do it. I'll get some clear stickers made so you don't even know. I look forward to seeing the, the photos of Mike putting stickers on Steven's stuff uh, while he doesn't is not watching. <laughs> well, I wish you the very best with whatever it is computer-wise you do next. It's so big. Like, those projects are so large. Like, if you were doing the iPods, you know, they're just small little things. These are just huge. Yeah. I am. I've got a. So the iPod turns 15 in October, and I um I'll be doing something for that. I have all of the classics except one model of U2 iPod that is elusive. But um yeah, they're little. You can just put them in a shoebox. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that with the Macintosh TV. It's depends how big your shoes are. I guess that. I guess that's not untrue. <laughs> Instagram has yeah. uh, liberally borrowed from Snapchat in the last week. <laughs> liberally borrowed is that what they did it seems like they stole it pixel for pixel yeah it's a liberal borrowing down to the name it's uh-huh. the same exact feature I mean, yeah it's kind of kind of kind of gross instagram stories w- what is going on here uh, are you are you a snapchatter mike no so you're not okay 
I have tried to understand Snapchat, but I cannot understand Snapchat. Um, and I know this makes me sound old or whatever, but it's just the UI is confusing to me um, because I had never paid attention to it for a while. Um, and now things are being bolted on. It's being added to it. And it just doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, but also, none of my friends seem to really use Snapchat that much. Uh, and I'm just, I've just never really been that drawn to it. But I use Instagram a lot. Um, I have a curated a bunch of friends on there, right? Like I pick who I want to follow, stuff that I like. I've, I follow, we mentioned this before, I spoke about this on Analog a couple of weeks ago. Like I like to see certain types of things on Instagram, like pens and, and like, you know, nice little things that I enjoy in my life. And I follow people's Instagrams and it's nice. It's a happy social network for me to go to. It's your happy place. <laughs> it's genuinely... <laughs> When it comes to social networks, yes, it is. I okay. don't ever really see anything that makes me sad on Instagram, right? It's or angry. It's just nice stuff. Not even the wrong type of pen that makes you angry. No, because I don't follow those people. <laughs> okay. Only people with good pens. So they updated with the stories thing, and so people's Instagram stories started appearing at the top of my timeline. So I started watching them, and I kind of enjoyed it. And I can see why... People like this on Snapchat, right? But I never was interested in Snapchat. And so now I get to see them on Instagram. All of my friends are already there. They're using it. It's easy for me to see it. And I like that. So I've been, was watching a few. And then I had a busy day one day this week and decided that I would use it myself. And I really enjoyed it. Like I was taking pictures of stuff and taking little videos and drawing stuff on them and putting emoji on there. All of this stuff is on Snapchat. I know, but I, I feel like I have to say this a million times, but I wasn't using it. I like it on Instagram. It's nice and simple. I can understand what I'm doing. It's all within the UI that I am aware of. And I know that my friends are there. And I, so they can see my stuff. And I can also look at the stuff that my friends post. So I've been thinking about this as well, right? Why did they do this? Now, Instagram and Snapchat, I don't know how much they really compete with each other before now. They were kind of, they're both photo sharing services but they people share different things on those services and over time instagram has kind of become the place for people to post their best most perfect photos right they really kind of line them up right and you got to get the filter correct and you got to really kind of go for that and make it the perfect thing it could be a super funny thing or the artistic thing or like the latte art shot of the perfect angle with the light in from the window and the flower in the you know it was like super precise stuff what this stories feature does is allows the people that use Instagram and like Instagram to post this rougher, more like ephemeral things, these like little bits to Instagram without having to worry about destroying the perfectness of their Instagram feed. And also, you also don't have to worry about throwing a bunch of things on Instagram and clogging up your friends' feeds, especially now that they don't see these things chronologically anyway, right? You just have this random stuff just thrown in there. So... What Instagram has done with this is they are protecting the feed, the Instagram feed, to be exactly what people are used to seeing and the, the nice photos and imagery that they see. But they're also now giving Instagram users the place to share this kind of nonsense with their Instagram friends. I totally see why they've done this because Snapchat doesn't have that beautiful feed, 
right? And it would be, I think, really, it would be more of a kind of turn for Snapchat to integrate something like that when they have always been about like the quick thing. It is way easier for Instagram to integrate Snapchat's features than it is vice versa. And if I was Kevin Systrom, this is what I would have done with my product as well. Because they have found a way to give Instagram users the best of both worlds. And I really, really like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting to like or to need something like Instagram stories in my life. Because I, I, I thought, like you said, I thought I didn't need this stuff because I didn't like Snapchat. So it's yeah, like, whatever, exactly. I just don't want this in my life. But my problem, I found out, is I just don't like the Snapchat experience enough to make me want to go for it. Yeah, I was uh, under the impression that I would, like I wasn't in looking for this sort of 24-hour rolling diary of my life uh, because the Snapchat app is terrible. And I think that it's... Uh, I think that Snapchat is really an, an enormously popular service with a terrible native app experience. Whether it's navigation or, you know, design that doesn't conform to any iOS. Discoverability, like how hard it is to get the filters to work. Like you have to, oh, it's just crazy. Yeah, and uh, and it's, you know, there's a reason why people use it. Uh, I just personally don't like the way that it's structured. And uh, I mean, they do great innovation in many, many different spaces. Like with geolocation stuff, they do innovation, you know, with uh, how you talk to people with messages. And they've been, you know, the the latest uh, photo uh, stuff with the camera roll integration is super clever. I just don't like the way that it's designed. Uh, and in Instagram, I think this combination of, um, you know, the, 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 the raw, uh, personal, sort of non-precise, you know, uh, nature of stories combined with the beautiful feed and you know the staged photographs. I think that there's a, a divergence here, and it really does work because one complements the other in the sense that you can see a person going from the intimate, you know, uh, non-edited, uh, non-curated even um, stories down to the feed and the selected photo, the selected, you know, uh, the beautiful view or the beautiful landscape, the perfectly lit and staged selfie, you can see the difference. And mm-hmm. and it makes sense to have, you know, more the messier, uh, you know, the busier story as opposed to the more uh, curated and, and rare, I would say, uh, Instagram feed, which sort of sort of speaks already to how, uh, you know, a lot of young people have been using Instagram, which is everything goes on to Snapchat, where it disappears after 24 hours, but selected pictures go on Instagram, and a lot of people, and even some people that I know, uh, after they post a picture on Instagram, if it doesn't get enough likes from their friends, they remove it. So Instagram sort of becomes this uh, wall of fame of the best shots. Right, and and a lot of people that I know do this. If a picture I can doesn't see get... why people do that, I'd never thought that people did that. I didn't know people. Do oh yeah, that. but I oh, can yeah. see exactly why people do exactly. that. Exactly. So there's a Instagram must have clearly must have seen this behavior, and they want to appeal to the to this dual nature of social sharing, which is one that is ephemeral and that dies after 24, 24 hours, and one that stays as highlights. And you know, I think I think it's a I feel sorry for Snapchat, but also not sorry because they make a lot of money. But in the in the in the <laughs> the principle, I feel sorry because it's never it's never nice to see. You know, basically Instagram is 
Samsunging Snapchat. I'm using that as a word, and it's terrible, but I'm, that's what they're doing. And, and I feel sorry in the sense that it's the format seems, at least for me, to work better in Instagram than it does in the original service. Uh, but, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think they, they're hungry for those Snapchat users. And I think Facebook, and especially, you know, Mark and the Instagram people, they're not gonna, they're gonna relentlessly fight uh, to get those users back and to win the perception back. Uh, because let's face it, a lot of people say, you know, Instagram and Facebook are for old people. And, you know, on, on the one hand, they want to go after those old people, in, old in the sense that, you know, uh, you're young at 14 and 15, you're old at 25. Yeah. So they want to go after people like me and you. Uh, and they also want to kind of change the perception uh, of those younger people, the teenagers, uh, and to to be able to say, hey, you can do that fun young stuff on Instagram too. Will it work? Is it too late? Does it make Snapchat the underdog? And in the in a sense, is the underdog the more favorable character to root for? Because you know, when when someone is being copied, you root for the guy you know that got these ideas stolen from. So we'll see. I think Snapchat is gonna push back. Uh, obviously, they're not gonna you know. They're not gonna be. They're not gonna say, "Hey, look, Instagram copied us. We're, we're done. Sorry, goodbye." They're gonna push back, and it's gonna be an interesting fight. That's made it a little bit worse, you know. If you know the backstory of Facebook, at some point attempted to buy Snapchat, and Snapchat said, "Thanks, but no thanks." And then you go, you go, and and not only copy their feature, but copy their name, and some of the gestures are the same. I mean, it's it's really too close. Uh, to be comfortable for me. And I, I understand what they're doing it business-wise. I have no problem with the business end of it. But if you're going to do that, then put your own ideas into it. Don't don't just copy what your uh, competitor is doing. And I think you're right. I think Snapchat will fight back. And I think probably even in a legal sense, even though Facebook is much, much bigger. Yeah, that's an impossible fight to win. Well I, Well, I mean, if you get caught in court for 20 years, it is. But if it's based on trade dress and patents, then maybe it's not. That it's it's a pretty clear ripoff, and and um, I know like Apple people like wave that around. You made the Samsung joke, um, all that sort of stuff aside. Like this is pretty clear copying, and so I don't I don't know like Facebook could outgun them and outlawyer them, but I would think that Snapchat would have the upper hand. And hey, this is clearly a violation of our of our work, but I wouldn't want to see Facebook. Yeah. Like if you want to see why, like if you want to think about why did why did Instagram do this? Like you just look at the the reason that Instagram is part of Facebook in the first place, right? Like Facebook didn't want there to be something else that was taking the photos, so they're like, "Well, screw this," you know. Like that's why they that's why they've done this. Why they tried to buy Snapchat, right? Like the idea is like they just want to be in control of all of that stuff. So they've seen somebody else is doing it, and they're just like, "Nope, we're gonna do it now." And they've just, instead of trying to, well, instead of buying them because they couldn't, they've now just decided this is something that we're just going to do now. This is now our feature too. Mm-hmm. Calling it stories, I mean, I know why they did that. Like it's it's because it serves the purpose of what they're attempting to do, right? Is to win over the Snapchat people and to give instant brand recognition. But it is weird. Like I, I this stuff like stories, I don't know if that is a, like a generic enough name, right? Like that, that it could just be considered the thing. 
because it's not like this type of thing exists in other places. It's not like just a name that you can associate to a 24-hour rolling feed of images, you know? Like, in to your point, Stephen, like, it's this isn't like a, a clean thing that they've done here. Like, they've very clearly just called it this because that's what Snapchat calls it, and that's not a, the right thing to do. They didn't need to do this. They, they did it for a clear reason, but they could have given it another name. But Facebook don't care about that, right? Paper. Yeah, <laughs> just this is what they'll do. I, I think I think saying "Have you seen my story?" has a nice ring to it, you know. Instead yeah. of saying "Have you seen my specific feature name?" They Whatever. could have called it Carousel. Uh, it's not as simple. No, but they could have given it any name. It's like you know, what is in a name? Right? You, you just have to have a name be a thing for so long, and then it just becomes what people know it to be. Like, why was Stories ever a good name? It was just a name that Snapchat came up with, and now it's one that makes sense because it's the thing that exists. Because it lets you ease the transition from Snapchat to Instagram. <laughs> no, but I mean, they, they, they could have called it anything, right? Like, and it's, they still could have marketed it right, but they just decided to go the easy route, which was give it the same name, deal with the problems later. Or, you know, I would like to think that Facebook is such a big company and is smart enough that they've looked into this and have found out that they can just call it that because whatever, like Instagram, uh, Snapchat don't have the trademarks or can't get yeah. them or whatever it would be. Or they, you know, back to my point, um, maybe they looked at it and said, you know what, we can we can take a hit, um, but it's worth the, the users in the long run. Yeah, like we can fight this or we'll at least call it this for enough time that we get people on board and then have to change it later, but it won't matter. No telling. They, they've probably thought all that stuff through. Sure. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, yeah. Facebook is super smart. But Stephen, what do you think of it, though? I mean, I'm like you. I have a Snapchat account, and I I use it a little bit, but it's um like you. My friends aren't really on there, um, and my friends who are on there are all friends who are in some cases, you know, like eight or ten years younger than me. Um, but people like I went to school with, or people like in my immediate peer group, were all on Instagram, and and I've have found it fun because I'm already in Instagram a bunch to, to using it and I'm to use it. I have been using it um, part partially to Federico's point that cause the UI is understandable. Um, and I know we all sound old, but like Snapchat's UI is really bad and they, they hide a bunch of stuff behind gestures that until you discover them, you don't know <laughs> but, that they but, are there. It's like, it's not even that it's behind gestures. It's behind gestures. They never explain. Exactly. And uh, one thing I, you know, the Snapchat stories has a lot of branded content in there. So you go in there, it's like the ver- you can follow all these publications and they're publishing like little, just little uh, eyedropper bits of news to you. Um, and Instagram doesn't have any of that. I-, I would imagine that stories at some point will be open up to some sort of branded content. Uh, if it hasn't already, I don't follow any, any uh, hashtag brands on Instagram, but uh, the interface is better. It's easier to use. I'm already spending time there and my friends are there. So it's a lot of fun, and it's fun to have some place to stick something that's just sort of um, nonsense. Because I, I definitely fall into that category of people who, like, I really, uh, when I post something on Instagram, I want it to be good. And I don't go as far as, like, deleting things that they don't get a bunch of likes. That seems a uh, uh, bridge too far for me. But I definitely think about what I put on Instagram, and I try to share things there that I that I'm proud of and that, like, have some sort of you know, something to say. 
and this definitely frees you of that. Like I, I've been doing, like I did this this thing this morning where I checked the relay PO box and like did a little video. Like I would never put that on Instagram ever, and I would probably wouldn't put, even put it on Twitter. But it's like this weird little pocket where I can do weird stuff in. I think that's I think that's a lot of fun. I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, I do wish there was a way to link to yeah the UI at least, right? Like an easy way. Like you can use like URL schemes, but that's just inelegant. Like yeah. that would be and great if I could just do like Instagram.com slash Mike slash story. And that just yeah. be a link that I just send people to. Right. The stories are not online. Like I'm on the Instagram website right now and signed in and the stories aren't anywhere. Uh, best I can tell. So it, it would be nice to see that. Maybe that's something that that's coming. But my thought is even with that, they want you to use the app. And so I always have felt like the Instagram website exists because someone made them make an Instagram website for a long time. It wasn't here. Like yeah. remember like when Instagram launched, you go to their website, it's like, go to the app store. <laughs> like, and now <laughs> if you log in, you can see your timeline. Um, in a chronological fashion. Oh, nope. never mind. I was getting excited. Now I'm not. So yeah, there's room to grow, but uh, I'm enjoying it. I think it's fun, and I think that it's, um, I think that people are going to like it. I think people who were never going to use Snapchat, um, like, will introduce them to this concept for the first time, and they'll just think it's an Instagram feature, right? Like they, they won't yeah. know that it got ripped off from from Snapchat, and that's a win for Facebook. So yeah, I feel like the conclusion to all this is Facebook is the perfect example of the of the expression "keep your." friends close but your enemies and snapchat closer because this Mm -hmm. is what they're doing basically going after snapchat time and time again and they've seen they've seemed to understand now that they shouldn't be subtle about doing what snapchat is doing by you know having like separate apps or like hidden features and options in the facebook app let's just go all in and make it a a main feature in instagram at the top of each of the main page like that's a very bold copying you know there's copying and there's being bold about copying to the point where you go on the record in an interview the ceo of instagram saying well we appreciate what snapchat has been doing but we think you know the stories is more of a format it's a standardized format it's not their own feature (laughs) and i'm paraphrasing here but uh sure okay buddy uh now you you realize that you know your main competitor has uh, has created a new format i mean i don't know See, that's like this is what I was saying, like what I was trying to get at earlier. Like if three or four other companies had done this before Facebook, I would understand it. But that's not the case, right? Like it's just Snapchat is doing this. Yeah, yeah. It's not like everybody. It's not like Markdown where everybody's now doing Markdown. So yeah, okay, it's a standard. We we can we can adopt the standard. It's a it's a very specific feature of your main competitor. Well, and Google <laughs> released Markdown with an open license, so you exactly. can go in and do things with it. You know it. It's like it's not like Snapchat invented the JPEG. I mean, it, it... <laughs> well, it's like okay, it's like the phrase timeline. I think yeah. that was Facebook's thing first, but then enough smaller companies started to use it, which wasn't really too much of a problem, right? Because they weren't bigger than Facebook. But now that is just an understood and used phrase by anybody who has a layout view like that. Just timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, that is a timeline, and timeline as a word already exists in the same way that stories did. Like. But now it's just like we understand that to be a timeline. So if there have been, I'm sure there are some, but like if there have been enough time where enough applications were doing things like this and calling them stories, then if Facebook would have come along a few years later and called it Facebook, uh, Instagram stories, it maybe wouldn't have been so much of an issue. But at least I can't, I don't know of any applications that do this, 
other than Snapchat, right? Like I don't either. I'm sure that there is like Snapchat for boats or something that's doing this, <laughs> and they have it, but. There aren't enough. This isn't enough of a big thing that would be used elsewhere because there just aren't really a lot of photo sharing services. But you know, like Flickr had something called Stories and Photobucket and something called Stories, etc. Pretty sure that a while ago I was pitched uh, Snapchat for dogs, and I mean it does sound ridiculous, but also kind of kind of incredible. And well, like you get to see dogs, or dogs get to send pictures to each other. See, I don't know. I don't know if dogs actually interact with the product, Uh, but Mm. I've been meaning to go back to the to the. tips inbox that we have on the site and check out the snapchat for dogs um maybe facebook will copy that next i don't know why before we wrap this up why do you guys think it is in the instagram app and not the facebook app oh because it's um because uh, my idea is they know that kids and teenagers they've been using instagram as a uh, as a shelf of their most beautiful shots and instead, they wanna they wanna go back into their routine. They wanna get back into their daily usage, not just for those beautiful shots with tons of likes, but also for the 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 you know the raw aspect of daily life. The you know the stories basically. They they want to have more engagement on Instagram uh, in addition to those more uh, you know special pictures and they want to go after snapchat because they don't like the fact that people are spending tons and tons of time on snapchat and how impressively that they they have grown uh, i mean snapchat over the past two years to the point where you know even in italy which is usually these things uh take a while to take off now a lot of people i know they say hey do you snap it's totally normal and that's a problem for facebook that's a problem for instagram and uh, you know, to 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 have those people not spend time in Instagram and not generate revenue and mobile money, you know, with app installs and and ad revenue on on iPhones and Android phones, that's a problem. And why is why is it a problem? Because you don't spend enough time. Because you just open Instagram, post the shot, wait a few minutes, doesn't get enough likes, delete the shot, you're done. And you know, uh, if I were Zuckerberg, I wouldn't like it either. Uh, but now the strategy is to go after Snapchat. It's, I mean, it's, it. I don't like the ripping off, but you gotta hand it to them. It's quite impressive how bold and and they're being about it. Like uh, Ben Thompson had an excellent article on on his website. Uh, the basically they're copying right. They're doing copying right in the sense that. They're not hiding behind, you know, um, different yeah. name or different yeah. design. Just whatever. It's the whatever approach to copying, and that's that's frankly remarkable in a way. Okay. Do you think the same about Samsung? Ooh. Well, well, you know, you know, I I, I have to tell you, in <laughs> a, in a way, maybe it, it it's way too close for me. Because, you know, the iPhone is what I do for... Writing about the iPhone is what I do for a living. But if I were not writing Mac stories, I would tell you, yes, it is remarkable how they they have been able... Samsung, how they have been able to understand what they were doing before the phone, before the iPhone, and to change their strategy entirely after the iPhone quicker than any other companies. It is remarkable. I don't like them, but that's my... My personal feelings getting to this. It's a bias. It's a bias. I have a bias, but uh, I think externally, I would tell you, yeah, it is impressive because from from an industrial standpoint, to retool, 
your you know your entire supply chain, how you design phones, and how to learn to copy that that is impressive in a way. You know, I'm not saying it's morally acceptable. At Samsung right now, they're past the copying stage. Yeah, like now they are like neck and neck with Apple. They do things that before Apple can do them. Then Apple do things before Samsung can do them, and yep. then it's right now it's like going backwards and forwards. Because I mean, I'm looking at, I keep seeing that Edge phone, and my word, that is a beautiful piece of hardware. <sighs> that like that the new Note as well, the Galaxy Note, that it just looks amazing. So they re- they really know what they're doing, right? They got all the waterproof stuff set, like it's all done. I've seen the the MKBHD video. They're doing some crazy stuff, like the iris scanning. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the, and I love how on the new Galaxy Note you can uh, highlight a portion of the screen and make it a GIF to share with people. That's just incredible, yeah. man! Come on, that's awesome. And so, yeah, to, they've arrived at this stage where they're basically shipping the same or really close hardware, but different experiences. But you know, they're copying each other at this point it's not even copying because we're all playing in the same field essentially and it's just a matter of taste what do you prefer but uh, to to come to this you know to to be here now for samsung it means they had to copy a lot before and you know other companies you know lg htc they didn't know how to copy they didn't know how to imitate apple and samsung did and you even if it's personal for me and I have a very strong bias against Samsung, I have to say, you know, they make a lot of money and they're the only company that's making money on premium Android phones because they know how to copy. That's it. At least they knew how to copy. Now they're doing their own things, mostly. This week's episode is also brought to you by Hover. When you need that great domain name for that website, that idea, that little thing you've got burning inside you that you need that name for, even if it's just a a fun joke you hear on a podcast and you want to create a page to send people to, you need to go to Hover to get that perfect domain. With Hover, it's incredibly easy to get your domain set up with the most popular website builders and tools. You can use Hover Connect to set up your domain automatically in just a few clicks. No more digging through help articles to find out how to get your domain working. No more just cold sweats as you realize you did it wrong like i do every time and you just put the wrong record in the wrong place and then things aren't working you're waiting for dns and you're like what did i do wrong and you have no idea this is what you want to use hover connect for i used hover connect recently and it's so amazingly simple just like i want to connect it to squarespace and then you just do that like okay it's done thank you very much and also if you already have a bunch of domains scattered across other domain providers you can save money by bringing them all to hover all eligible domains will include who is privacy which is amazing so any domain you bring over to hover with their transfer They'll get who is privacy attached to them because Hover give who is privacy away for all of their domains where it's eligible, right? So if a domain can have who is privacy, they'll give you it. Basically, this means that when you register these domain names, once you transferred them in, your email address, phone number, and home address will be kept private because of other registrars, unless you enable who is privacy, which usually means you have to pay for it with other people, that stuff will all be published and people, marketers, spammers, hackers, they can all find it in the who is database. It's very easy to do that. But with Hover, they not only will give it to you for free, they'll enable it as well. 
And also, with Hover's volume discounts, the more domains you have in your account, the more of a discount Hover will automatically apply when you transfer them in. Find the perfect domain for your idea. Go to Hover.com and use the promo code 123NOTETAKER. That's the numbers 123 <laughs> and then NOTETAKER at checkout to save 10% off your first purchase. Thank you so much to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. Now, Stephen, you uh, requested that the connected audience shower upon us some Q&A. Mm. Would you like to read the first <laughs> Q&A question, considering <laughs> you have requested our audience to uh, give us these? We did this well before we realized we had so much stuff to talk about, so sorry. Uh, really, this only um, applies to you, but um, our friend Rob Lewis wants to know how many Pokemans have you caught? <laughs> well, caught how many Pokemans a, do you have? Question for Mike. I haven't really been playing the game. Uh, I have caught and seen 67 Pokemon. Um, as of maybe the last couple of days, the fun is wearing off for me now. Uh, I swear I play Pokemon Go. I see way too many of the same Pokemon. I'm not finding new exciting ones. Um, I They need to add more stuff to the game to try and bring me back in. But as of right now, I'm not enjoying going out. And finding them and finding it to be a bit of a hassle oh. sometimes, which is a real shame. Uh, I'm sad about it because I enjoyed it so much. But when I'm seeing like 55 Rattatas a day and no, like, you know, I want to see some more EVs. I want to see. I've never even seen a Pikachu. I've never even. That's, how is that possible? That's very, that's very sad. I remember you taking pictures going on pocket walks yes, with, your, the, yeah. with your girlfriend, now fiance. Yep. So does he mean no more walks? No more, no more romantic <laughs> Getaways with, with Pokemon. I think she's still been playing it a little bit more than me. <laughs> I, 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 it's just a shame. Like, and someone's telling me in the chat room I need to level up. I'm level twenty one. Like that feels like a pretty strong level. Seems like a lot of level. Yeah, levels, Mike. And you know, I just there is a thing where I'm like, why is it difficult to find Pikachu in this game? Everybody wants a Pikachu. Everyone should be able to find one, right? I feel like that should be the one Pokemon that they maybe like at a certain point, like you see one, like they do, they do something behind the scenes to kind of try and trick that. But you know, I, I feel like everybody should be able to catch Pikachu if they want one. I feel like that should just be a life lesson for us all. So I'm waiting to see. Like I've not got rid of it yet. I'm still keeping it on my phone. I'm gonna keep. I keep checking in every now and then when I'm somewhere new. Um, I'm just playing it less, and I'm. It feels like it's maybe going away. But I'm hoping that you know it can. Uh, it can. I don't know that it can kind of bring me back in some way when they add more features. I wonder if that's the case uh, with more people. I'd be curious to know if if the, if the trend is going down. You know, if it, it's already oh, it peaked. definitely has. Uh, I expect it maybe in the last week or so there has been an incredible drop off, like that because it, it was just too big, right? So there must have been a drop off, but it depends on what that resting level is, and we'll see. Like they still haven't launched it in all the territories they want to launch it, and I don't think it's in Brazil yet, so hmm. or China. So is it not in China yet? I don't think so. They launched it in some Asian countries today, but not in India and China, okay. I think. So they still yeah. got a long way to go. So even if they're losing people, they can bring them on. Yeah. Hmm. The next question is from someone named Casey Liss. Casey uh, Lice? I'm going to go with Lice. Yeah, Lice. Casey, Casey, Casey Lice, Lice sounds like a problem you got to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said, why do you guys like beards so much? Yeah, because I'm lazy. <laughs> I don't have time. There's a there's a very timely tweet uh, from some 
avatar on Twitter uh, with a picture of Sean Murray. He's the one of the developers of No Man's Sky. Which, by the way, it's the game I'm gonna play tonight, a day before a day before Mike. Let it be known that I'm playing No Man's Sky before Mike. Um, after like three years of waiting. Anyway, there's a, pi- a a series of pictures of Sean Murray from I guess 2013 to 2016, and, <laughs> and he's so pro- progressively not shaving. And the caption is game development. Yeah, and also, the final I like picture- the last one where it looks like he's a zombie. <laughs> yeah, his eyes like- look super red. <laughs> yes, and his beard is quite impressive. And there's like merchandising behind his back. So yeah, um, I feel like my my beard is uh, grows more. Uh, whenever I'm busier, and so I'm writing in my iOS 10 review. I'm actually editing my iOS 10 review now, and and I have quite a beard, and I need to shave. Uh, and I feel like there's a direct correlation between busyness and not shaving. So I'm gonna go with lazy, and there's just no time to sit down and do that. Uh, I didn't read who submitted this question. I just read the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I wrote it first, I was like, oh, this person, what are they saying this for? Now it's just like, what's even the point? It's Casey Lice. Like, this guy, he he doesn't... The reason he can't have a beard is because of the lice, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just frankly, I feel can more you, comfortable with a can beard. You, can you have beard lice? Probably. That, wow, uh, that's, that's terrible. Uh, I've had facial hair for over 10 years in some form. I think that my face looks better with facial hair. I think I look cooler with a beard. Uh, I like. I feel smarter when I am thinking and I've got my hand in a beard, right? Like, hmm. hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think it looks cool. And I think Casey needs to grow. Casey looks really good with a beard. Now, my if, that- if my memory is correct, he, gro- he lets his facial hair grow out over Christmas. And he looks really good. He just won't go for, far enough. Makes me sad. Come on, Casey. Let the handsome out. I have a beer the same reason you do, Mike. I've had facial hair for a really long time. I think I look like a child without it. Mm-hmm. So I, for me, uh, I don't look like me. If I'm, I've, I've been clean shaven like three times in a decade, and I always feel <laughs> like I look I, like somebody else. I know this sounds quite silly, but my, my dad is... Uh, you know, it's from another generation and he's not used to travel much. But uh, whenever <laughs> whenever I go back home and I usually go for dinner with my parents and he tells me, like, he looks at me and starts shaking his head and he's like, why do you keep growing this beard? And I'm like, no, no, hold on. And I'm like, come on, every time you, you tell me this, it's like sooner or later you're going to be stopped at, at, at the airport by the police and they're going to ask you questions. And I'm like, that that is very unlikely that it's going to happen to me. But that has happened to me. That has, I know, I know, but, you know, I don't have that long a beard. I, an airport border once coming into the United Kingdom, back from America, I had a lady ask me, what's with the beard? <laughs> to which I have responded... <laughs> I think it looks good. So maybe that person was Casey in disguise. Or maybe it was my dad. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Did he have grappa with him? (laughs) That was the problem. Up next, another another Casey. This is like the little Casey (laughs) section. Casey, some last name that I'm not going to try. Come on, come on. Broughton. 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 The GHT is throwing me off Broughton. Casey Broughton asks, what email apps are you using and why? So we answer this every time. People are really interested in email apps. Yep. I use 
mail.app everywhere um, because it seems to get the job done. What about you guys? Tichi, I want to know what you're using. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I've been trying the Apple Mail app for since beta 1 of iOS 10 just to get a, you know, to get comfortable again and see what's changed. And after, I feel like this happens every year, after being very disappointed by the lack of changes, I went back. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, it's, it's like every year, yeah, I'm, I'm trying Apple Mail again. It's nice. Then after a couple of months, like, w- w- what am I doing? <laughs> what is going on here? So I'm back to AirMail. Um, and finally, because I, I really do miss two features. Uh, push notifications. Uh, I know I shouldn't obsess over email, you know, all that stuff. But it seems like Apple Mail, for whatever reason, it can never check check for changes every 15 minutes, like I like I tell it to do. Uh, I don't know what is going on. I use Gmail, so that's probably the reason why. Um, and I like the second feature that I like in Airmail is the app integrations. So I can send an email message with a link back to the message that will open the message in Airmail to to do is to do uh, you know uh, any other task manager or communication app that I use on iOS. It's really well done. It's getting better. That I'm testing this update that they're doing uh, for iOS 10 and a bunch of changes. Very nice. Uh, I know the developers; they're Italian, so you know extra points. Uh, I'm using ML. Love it. <laughs> I use ML because of Federico. Um, I listened mm-hmm. to him on episode 10 of Canvas and switched immediately. There are a few things that I really like about it. There are some things that frustrate me um, about yep. ML. There's some weird. It just does some weird stuff every now and then. Like, yeah. 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 Um, but the things that it does well, it does so well that I'm willing to look over, like, and look past some of the weird bugs and strangeness that it has. Like, you know, you mentioned about sending uh, emails to like out to other services. Like, I'm able to send an email message out to OmniFocus. It appends the entire message in the note, and I'm able to jump back to the email if I need to grab an attachment out of it or something. And that has changed the way that I deal with email because I'm able to get email out to my task manager a lot easier. And I'm also able to have tasks with context to them so I don't need to write out notes or whatever to myself, which is great. Um, and I love how easy it is to turn email messages into pdfs which lends into my system now of trying to replace uh evernote with notes right i'm able to just create pdfs of travel emails and add them straight to notes um mail is great across all platforms uh i really really like it and i feel like i'm just scratching the surface of its power and every time i think i oh i wonder if it can do this it can do it and i really love it for that yeah yeah, cool. Yeah. I, I may give it another run here. If you guys are both sticking with it for this long, then um, yeah, I think it's a generally a good sign when uh, when I'm using something else as, as a test and I find myself missing the original app, and that happened with Airmail. That's usually a good indication of the fact that it's a good app, and I want to go back to it. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, Stephen Fraser asks: naked phones or cased phones? Cases mm. forever. Yeah, I, I got to go with Mike uh, here. I've been a case-free person for most of my iPhone years, mm-hmm. but in in the past couple of in the past couple of years since the iPhone 6 really, uh, when I realized every year I'm just going to buy a really expensive phone and it's going to be the the plus model with a lot of storage and I want to be able to sell it uh, you know, next year, and I want to be able to sell it in good condition, then I got to go with the case. Yeah, uh, and because these phones are so big, they're easier to drop, and I don't want to drop them yep. and smash them into a bajillion pieces. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to say, I'm using the Apple Silicon case, and mm-hmm. sometimes 
uh, my jeans are a little tight and it's mm. hard to pull out of my um no <laughs> I mean just the, the model you know the design I know Jesus. Mm. yeah that's and what I'm saying I bet you look real good in them there's a Sexy yeah teaching. there's a yes there's a <laughs> there's a lot of uh, grip between the the case mm. and the and, you know and the the fabric of the jeans and I don't know what you're doing this but. Uh, Still, I wish it was a different texture. That's all I'm saying. Well, have you tried the leather? It's definitely better for this. Uh, I don't like the way that it ages. Oh, man, it's great. No, leather is for old people. I was going to say, I I usually don't use a case, but if I do, I use the black leather Apple case. And how many iPhones are you on in this round? Uh, Yeah, I've had a bad... A bad run. Uh, <laughs> I did break a, a 6s plus uh, last year, but um, the 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 leather case is nice. It's it, it solves the problem. I have the same problem with the silicone case. I actually tried one and ended up returning it for that reason, Federico. That you stick it in your pocket and it's like yeah. velcroed itself to the inside yes. of your pants. I think maybe my jeans just aren't as tight as yours. Maybe <laughs> I bet you don't look good, Mike. I always look good. <laughs> yeah, it's because of the facial hair. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. The the silicon case really grips the beard hair. I don't even need to hold my phone anymore. It just sticks to the side of my head when I talk on it. Yeah, that, that's kind of gross, but okay. Listener Sebastian writes in, and it's a really long thing. You can find these in the show notes, but it boils down to which iPad uh, he should buy based on email, browsing the web, maybe doing some Adobe Comp work. Um, not doing, not. It doesn't seem like going full in on the on the iPad like like some people have. But he's still keeping a Mac. Which iPad should I get? And most importantly, which color? I recommend get the nine point seven for this person's use case because they seem like they want to just do some stuff and still use a Mac. Get the keyboard so you take advantage of all the space when you're typing. It's more comfortable for everyday use than 9.7. But if you do want to replace your laptop, you think that's something you really want to do, then go up to 12.9. But the 9.7 is a better complementary device if you're still planning on using a Mac frequently as well. And I recommend Gold. Hmm. Teacher, you okay. recommend Gold now too, right? I do. I'm, I'm just wondering if maybe next year I want to go back to the you know black iPads, black phones everywhere. Yes. Uh, just because I feel like I've been missing having, uh, you know, the, the the black front of the iPhone, I I really do miss it. And sometimes when I'm reading on the on the iPad Pro at night, uh, and I look at the white uh, bezel, you know, I kind of wish it was black. Uh, but I gotta say, the gold back looks amazing. So my yep. wish is for Apple to make a black iPhone and a black iPad with a gold back. That would know, look bla- good. Black yeah. and gold, yeah. I don't know with my next phone if I'm going with rose gold or gold, but it's going to be one of those two. I might go rose gold. That looks great. Man, all, all black all the time. I really don't like the white cover glass. Yeah. The last question uh, we have is from Mr. Rebo. How do you feel about iOS 10's control center, in particular about having to swipe to access the volume control? So if you're not if you're not familiar... On iOS 10, Control Center is now split into multiple panes. So before you had brightness and volume sliders kind of on top of each other. Now you have all your hardware controls, brightness, airplane, and airdrop. And then if you go over, you have a media preview. So like the album you're listening to, it's playback position, play controls, and then volume. So it's up and over 
get the volume. How do you guys feel about that? So I just checked in Scrivener and the the control center section is 3,000 words. So I'll try to keep oh it short. Oh my word. And I feel like it takes some time to get used to, but overall, I think it's an improvement. It's not perfect. I don't like the design of the main page, the first one with the system shortcuts. I think they should do more and it's time to make it customizable. So I have a whole bunch of complaints, but overall, I think the idea works. But it takes you a while to get used to it. And it especially works if you listen to a lot of music and if you do a lot of play and pause or like tweak the volume, you know, or listen to podcasts and use the, the skipping controls. I think it works. I'm a fan. There's a whole list of complaints that I have, but it takes a few weeks to kind of go go all in with the idea. And it makes a lot more sense on the iPhone than the iPad. Yeah, I've only played it with it on my iPads and I haven't got a lot of complex thoughts yet. And I feel like I'm not able to fully get a picture on this because it's not on my iPhone yet. I've not got 10 on my iPhone. Um, do it. No, I'm do not going to do it yet. I'm not doing it yet. Because I don't need it. I'm fine. I'm, gonna, I'm, yeah. I'm deciding to keep the stability of my iPhone for a while because I use my iPads so much when I'm at home is giving it's sufficing my need to check out iOS 10. I don't need to put it on my phone right now. Yeah, that's fair. And we should we should add too that Control Center will pick up a third pane if you have the HomeKit stuff set up, so you can you can save scenes and some controls into there. I'm like Federico. I do think it's probably better. Like I like the media page of having the preview of what you're listening to. You have more information about it. I do wish maybe that you could maybe set the order because. Like 90% of the time yes. when I go into Control Center, it is to do media stuff. It is not to launch the calculator or the flashlight. And it would be nice to be able to like reorder those panes. Well, but it's not, it's it not the end of the world. It could also just be context aware. If, if audio is playing, then that should be the first one. What Apple is doing is they remember your last viewed page. So if you dismiss Control Center and you're viewing the now playing card, when you open it again, it'll okay. open the, to that page. Yeah, That's kind of cool, but still. Yeah. If if a podcast is playing on the speakers, like give me give me that view. But I guess that could end up being more confusing if it keeps switching around. I don't know. I don't know. Is that cool. the end of the questions? Uh, that's all we're going to do for today. Awesome. We'll be back uh, next week, a little later in the week. Uh, Federico is going on summer vacation, um, and yeah. me and Stephen are going to be together in Memphis, and we're going to be recording on the eighteenth, which will be our uh, anniversary for Relay FM's second year. So look out for that a little bit later on next week. If you want to find Federico online, he'll be posting pictures of himself on the beach on his uh, Instagram Snapchat story, uh, which is Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. You're Vitici on, on Instagram, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think you are. You're also on Twitter, Vitici. Uh, Stephen is at ISMH on Twitter only. Stephen, what right. is your Instagram? <laughs> Stephen M. Hackett. Someone else has ISMH. Don't search it. It's terrifying. Yeah, really. Seriously, like I know it sounds like, oh, it's a um, fun thing. Don't, don't do, do it. it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna search for it. No, <laughs> I'm gonna see what's up. You're gonna no, regret no. it. I yeah, you really. It. Seriously, you, you don't want to. It's gonna mess you up. Oh, yeah. So Stephen to. M. Hackett on Instagram. Stephen M. Hackett on Instagram. This is what. Okay. Where's ISMH? Don't do it. 
All right, and I am uh, at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, uh, everywhere. Uh, thanks so much to our sponsors this week, the fine folk over at Hover, Mac Weldon, and, of course, Braintree. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Arrivederci. Adios.